Tub Dog Nation. Browns by Jacob checking in from Illinois. Just think about this offseason. Think about Chris Olave in that orange and brown. Gets me really excited. Either way, Baker Mayfield's a guy. Uh, you're at the right place on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, anywhere. You're listening to the Dogs Podcast. Go Dogs. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Dogs. If you want to get your voicemail on the show, your intro, head to thedogspodcast.com. Tap leave voicemail on the drop-down menu. Big shout-out to Jake from Illinois for that awesome intro. I don't feel like I don't even need to do an intro now. No, he, he kind of set it for up. Me. Yeah, perfectly. He, he's, right. he set it up perfectly. <laughs> Maybe he'll, he can come be a, a host for us sometimes, a standing host with how great of a job he did. Uh, as you can see, we got everybody here today, most of, the, most of the way. Justin coming to us from his house, but we got him plugged in here in this virtual world. We're just so lucky to have you today here, Brother Justin. Uh, Brother Justin, yeah. yeah. That's what they call me. That is what they call me. Uh, Browns wrapped up, wrapped up most disappointing season in two years uh, this past week with a win <laughs> over the Bengals. Uh, before we get into the, the game and what it means for the offseason, remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google, just like Jake said. Uh, so shout out Jake if you prefer to just listen to your podcast. Lastly, if you're looking for more content, head to jointhedogs.com. Become an official Dog Pack member on the Patreon page. Um, the fantasy season's just wrapped up. We're sending out the winners of their merch uh, this week. Hopefully, um, we get episodes early, extra episodes. Um, I'm posting things I see online in there. We get good discussion. There's a text thread with the people who are in the fantasy groups. Just a lot more direct access to us. It's been a ton of fun. We've made friends kind of like all over the world. There's people from Ireland in there now. I think one from Ireland, other one from the UK. So, from, so we're from Ireland all the way out to California mm-hmm. into, down to Florida so and up to Canada. Literally, this is global. Uh, <laughs> so if that's something that interests you, you're looking for more Browns fans to hang out with, talk football, literally 24-7. I get like 350 text messages a day from these people. I know, it's crazy. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's so... If you guys are into that kind of thing and you're looking for more access to us and you want more dogs podcast 24-7 all year round, uh, check it out. Join the dogs.com. Become an official dog pack member. Dogs game preview. So this is a dog's game review. Josh played the wrong <laughs> drop, but it's okay. We're going to roll yep. with it. Yeah, but the thing is, I would fix that in post, so nobody would have known if you hadn't said that. It's too late. That's not true, bro. I, <laughs> I don't believe in fixing things in post. We're, we're, right. we're like oh. Bill O'Reilly. We do it live. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. So the Browns, the Browns played a game. It was basically they played their fourth preseason game this week. Uh, no Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb in limited action. We started Case Keenum. Dearness Johnson got to play. Honestly, not a ton to talk about in this game, in my opinion. I guess the biggest thing to talk about, I think Dearness Johnson possibly played his last game as a Brown. Um, we talked about it before we came on. Two games where he saw extended action this year and both games over 100 yards and a touchdown. He looked impressive against the Broncos. He looked impressive against the Bengals. Uh, last year when he got extended playing time against uh, the Cowboys and even after that game, he looked impressive. Um, he earned himself a job somewhere. He's going to get paid more than 500000 Yeah, I, 
I agree. Yeah, I just don't see us. There's got to be a team out there that saw what he's done in the last couple seasons when he's had to step into a role that I don't think he's going to go anywhere and be a starter, you know, right away. But going and being somebody's third down back that's on the field, you know, 20% of the plays in a game, I think he could fill that role nicely. And it's going to, I'm hoping not. I hope there's no market for him. And we can, <laughs> he can be number three for us again uh, next season. Yeah, he was our uh, our Mad Dog Award winner last year for uh, um, was it unsung hero. Yeah, and it's, yeah. I, I mean, yep. honestly, he'll probably be nominated again by us because you know we like him. But <laughs> he just he just always was ready to play whenever you needed him to go. And I think I think he can go to a team and split carries and maybe not fifty fifty if he's sixty forty thirty. He can, he can go somewhere and give him fifteen carries a game and probably be pretty productive. Yeah, all these teams that are trying yeah. to always sign like Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore or whatever because they need to fill something quick. I mean. The Ernest Johnson would be like the Ravens would have taken him this year. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, he ended up on the season, um, played in seventeen games, had a hundred rushes, five hundred and thirty-four yards, averaging five point three a carry. I didn't could realize you, he was over five hundred yards for the you, season. Can you imagine? Could you imagine it went coming into the season that we, now obviously he filled the role of Kareem Hunt at times, because um, obviously Hunt was out for a majority of the year. Um, injured, but 534 yards. I mean, I wouldn't have even that wouldn't have been even in the ballpark of what I would have said before the season. Oh yeah, he's going to run for 500 this year. Yeah, 5.3 a carry. Yeah, um, pretty good for a third string running back. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, I do think, sadly, I think we probably watched Jarvis Landry play his last game as a Cleveland Brown. Um, I just don't see any way that he's back. I think. I think the wide receiver room is going to get upgraded a lot. And I think basically if you're not on a rookie contract, you're probably going to be gone. I don't see Higgins being back. I don't see Landry being back. Um, and it's it kind of sucks because I think if anybody on the Browns team deserves to retire as a Cleveland Brown, it's Jarvis Landry. Yeah, he's, he's definitely been a dog for us. What were you going to say, Justin? I just kind of hope that they – I know we're not going to pay him $15 million a year, but – it'd be nice for them to just kind of reach out and see if both of them are on the same page with maybe a restructure. I don't know if Jarvis wants to be in Cleveland next year, but I know the Cleveland Browns fans and probably the organization want him in Cleveland next year, but not for 15 million. Yeah. So I, I agree. And I think a little bit, you know, he is still close to Odell and I think it's a different scenario for Jarvis if Odell goes to LA and nothing really changes and he kind of struggles, but your best friend, buddy goes to a new team. What's he done since he's been there? Catch a touchdown every single week. <laughs> it feels like so I, and for him, I mean, he's paid his time in Cleveland. Like if he wants to do him and yep. go somewhere else, then you do, you do you. Who do you, who do you credit? So a lot of people give Baker for the turnaround, the credit for the turnaround in my eyes, Jarvis Landry's owed the most to like the culture change in Cleveland. At he, least in my eyes. He's definitely been one that kind of brought that, you know, we'll say it because it's, uh, but that dog mentality to the locker room and being that leader when there was no leader in that locker room when he came. He, he changed expectations. His first year in Cleveland, they're coming off one in 31, and it was, we're not hoping to win a couple games. We expect to go be playoff contenders. He, he completely changed the expectations in Cleveland. And, um, I don't know. I just think the Browns owe this guy a ton. I think it, it's gonna. We can't pay him fifteen million if we want to 
because you can't be a like a, a GM with a heart, if that makes sense. You got to make good business decisions with your brain. Yeah. But it, to me, it just really sucks to see that he's probably not going to be back. And I don't know. I'm just going to miss that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see. I know what Justin's talking about with the restructuring. That's that's a hopeful possibility. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that was announced at some point that they were working on that. That'd be awesome. Um, but I, you're right. I mean, 15 million for a guy who's you know, he's, he's a good slot receiver, but he's he's not your top, you know, and wide receiving threat. It sucks, too, because we've never even been able to use him in the slot. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's always been tried to be our number one guy. You uh, know, like, since we've signed him, he's he's never been able to, like, flourish in that role. And I, just one more thing, just with what he's brought to, like, the mentality of that team. And we've talked about it a bunch of times, but just that what first time that he – was in the wide receiver room and let everybody know, Hey, this is not okay. Like all this garbage, all the, whatever, whatever that was contagious that he was talking about. Missing practice uh, for a hangnail, that kind of thing. Right. Correct. So I think that he set the tone and there was a lot of young rookies, um, you know, on that team. So I think that he just kind of laid the foundation of what they were about to go through last year. Yes, 100%. Like I said, he, he changed expectations. It was no longer we hope to win some games, we hope to be relevant. It was we're the Cleveland Browns. We expect to be good. We expect to go out and make a playoff push, expect to win the AFC North, and he wouldn't settle for anything less. So I think we owe a debt of gratitude to him. Um, I time, don't out, s- time out real quick. Did we lose Justin? Oh, man. No, I still hear you, Justin. I still hear you. So up, bro? why we're taking Keep our time out. Uh, there we go. Jarvis is actually due to make 16-5 next year. So just to make that 15 even better, 16-5. <laughs> and then the only other three, There's we have five listed wide receivers on our payroll. To well, here, do you, wanna, do you want to go ahead and kick it back in with that? So what was the last thing I said? We owe a debt of gratitude to him. Correct. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I'll just kind of pick up. I'll try to pick up so it's not like a weird cut. <laughs> yeah. I wish I remember how I was looking. <laughs> usually, uh, usually like that, yeah. <laughs> we should also like, like do something really weird. That way when you cut and all of a sudden we're like this. All right. Like, if we're like upside down. <laughs> Hands up. Uh, all right. So let me get my train of thought again before we start up. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So speaking on the, the Jarvis restructuring thing, I also don't see him – I don't see him restructuring just because I think he's still got stuff left in the tank, and I think he knows that. And I don't see him – if he has a chance to still make that – he's definitely getting towards the tail end of his career. He's not going to sacrifice money while he still has stuff left in the tank. If he thought, yeah, you know, I'm a uh, – you know, on the way out, one year left kind of guy. Maybe I'll restructure him just to try to get a dub here. But he still thinks he can go out and play. Well, so he's not going to take less money. He just showed on Sunday that he can still go out and play. Yeah, it, it to me, it's it's it, it's really hard to evaluate some of our receivers too when the quarterback play was so bad for the Browns. It's very hard to evaluate receivers in that regard. Like you can watch and see if they're open and that kind of stuff, but. Our quarterback was the top of the league in unthro- uh, uncatchable balls thrown. Uh, we saw multiple times where he just didn't throw to people who were wide open. So it's super hard to evaluate the, these receivers based on the quarterback play. So Jarvis Langer is not going to restructure his deal to play in Cleveland for less money. Yeah, so it's I kind of had the stuff pulled up contract-wise you know, before the episode. And just looking at our wide receiver room, which I think is – 
going to be a consensus when we go in the offseason of what we need to upgrade as a team is that room needs upgraded. Now, obviously, we'd like to do that with Jarvis, um, but he's on actually on schedule to make 16-5 next year. And then our other wide receivers listed under contract next year are Anthony Schwartz at a million and one. Donovan Peoples-Jones at 941000 and then Felton is actually listed under the wide receiver tab at 865. Higgins is going to be an unrestricted um, free agent, I'm pretty sure, going into it. So talking about the Jarvis thing, if you're not going to pay him that 16-5, you're going to have to almost release him. I don't think you're going to find a trade partner that's going to want to take on 16-5 because that puts him in the tiers of a Cooper Cup Rain, you know, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, uh, Kenny Galladay just got a deal. That's in that big range right there. Cooper and, Cup's going to get paid. Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, if he's going out there and he's getting a new deal, if the Browns are going to try to restructure, they're probably looking in that 10. That's that's it. Like, if Jarvis goes, we release him, he signs somewhere else, that's what he's going to end up signing for, somewhere in that 9 to 12 range. So if we, I don't know how all this works, can we cut him and then re-sign him? I mean, I would think because there was talk about us doing that with who was the lineman we cut, Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. Yeah, is so it, it might be one of those. It might be one of those situations where you can do that. I get the sense that he likes Cleveland. Now the Odell thing, are him and Baker on the greatest terms? They seemed okay on the sidelines during the game. So you know who knows. Um, but I always got the sense that Jarvis liked being in Cleveland. Now maybe that's just the kind of guy he is, and he's all in for his team no matter what. I'm sure people down in Miami thought. He was happy in Miami, you know what I mean? Um, but can you cut him and sign him to a cheaper deal? Because, like I said, I, I would love to have him in Cleveland, especially if we're going to go out and restock the receiver room and we're going to draft a rookie. Who better to have in that locker room with him to show him the ropes of the NFL than Jarvis Landry? Oh, I mean, he's definitely a, a strong veteran presence that y- you want to have if you can. Yeah. I mean, he's been, like you said, he, he was that huge turnaround for us when we first traded for him because. We didn't have any veteran receivers no. at all. I mean, it was a bunch of young. Yeah, no name Nobody guys. knew how to do anything. Yeah, I mean, Higgins was like the top guy. And he's the first, like I said, he's the first guy in my life to come into Cleveland and just kind of have this sense of like, like as soon as we drafted Jarvis, even my mind said the Browns was like, okay, we're going to win games now. Like he, he completely changed. Huh? We're not losers anymore. Correct. You know what I mean? Like he made it, I don't like cool to be a Cleveland Brown almost. Yeah, and it was like, the scenario of getting some other name guys in too. Like you got to have some name, top name talent on your team to attract free agents to come to yes. get a John Johnson comes because you've started, you've built over the last couple of years, a core group of like big name guys. I'll go play with him. I ain't going to Cleveland to play with a bunch of guys I've never heard of before or aren't <laughs> proven in the NFL. Yeah. So if we lose Jarvis, you definitely are losing one of the biggest factors Cleveland has for that. But, all right, well, we'll quit, you know, doting over Jarvis Landry for now, I guess. If he leaves, we'll do another tribute to him. Um, <laughs> but I just thought he deserved that. I mean, to me, he's one of my favorite Browns ever. So I had a good, I had a good game. I say the yeah. game on Sunday just – because I think at times this year you almost forgot about Jarvis. It almost looked like, ah, he's just fading away. But like you said, Blake, the quarterback play, the passing game was atrocious across the board. So – that, that kind of explains that. But then Sunday he comes out and he's he's eight targets, six catches, 75 and a touchdown. I mean, he was all over the place and making plays. And, and it was like, okay, Jarvis is still Jarvis. Yep. Yep. He's, he's, uh, 
He's going to go down as one of the Browns greats. But um, so let's move to the defensive side of the ball before we hit on the quarterback position. I thought some good. I saw some good play out of some of the younger guys. Jacob Phillips had nine mm-hmm. uh, tackles, eight solos, uh, a sack. Um, Anthony Walker had seven tackles. AJ Green was out there. He played well again. Grant Delpit was playing well. I love Greg Newsom. Uh, I think he's going to be a savage. Stud. Yeah, he's going to be a savage. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be he, not even as much in this game as I go back to the week before against the Steelers where, I mean, they put him on Deontay Johnson a couple times in a row and he just shut him down every time. Um, so big, big Newsome fan. MJ Stewart, I think, earned himself some money this year. Guy lays the wood. Yeah, every time. <laughs> like there are so many of normally it's like our guys getting popped like that and yeah. he when he comes out to make a tackle he hits hard i mean and i'll say he was one guy that last year we'd be like man we don't got anybody because we had all these practice squad and all and backups and they couldn't cover anybody you didn't see that much out of him this year i like or it wasn't as noticeable where you're like oh they're tar- they're going after him every time because he can't you know stop anything mm-hmm. didn't feel that way if anything, there was guys not wanting to come over to the middle of the field as much with MJ Stewart sitting back there. Yeah, I mean, MJ Stewart, he lays the wood every single time he's out there. And um, I think he earned himself some money this year. I don't know if it's going to be from the Browns, depending on what we want to do um, with some of these one-year contract guys. But like you said, last year, Robert Jackson and MJ Stewart were arguably the most laughable duo in any secondary I've ever seen in, in an NFL secondary. Um, Robert Jackson's still giving up touchdowns for the Ravens, so good for him. Um, we kept MJ Stewart around, and he played huge for us all year. Um, like I said, I think last week or the week before, he reminds me a little bit of Buster Screen early in his career mm-hmm. where he was really bad young, and then it's like a, a, a flip switch somewhere, and he just kind of figured some things out. And the guy plays – he plays like his hair's on fire. He's awesome. Yeah, so he's one of our free agents, you know, going into the offseason. You know, there's a list of them. Uh, he's 26, so, I mean. He's, he's entering his prime. Yeah, so, I mean, he's looking at, there's probably not a lot of offers going to go his way, so he'd be a piece that I think that the Browns would be interesting to see what they do with. I think he'll get some offers. It, it depends. I don't think the Browns are going to offer him a ton because of some of these guys we need to resign and whatever. I could see somebody offering him like he'll probably go to Pittsburgh, low and just millions, <laughs> <laughs> just because. I mean, he put he put good film out there this year. Um, Jadavion Clowney, I thought was good again. Mac Wilson was good. JOK, Miles um, Garrett, he continued his trend of being non-existent. He had one <laughs> tackle, um, so I think that brings his grand total to nine tackles in the last four games. He so, had a sack too, right? It was a sack. It was a sack. It was a sack. Yeah. It was a sack. So you put him at 16 for the season. Um, Man, so he was at 15 for a long time. Yeah, he's a franchise leader in sacks in a season. Um, but I, We've touched on this before. I know the last two weeks he had the groin injury, um, but he had 16 sacks in 17 games. Five of those sacks were in one game in week two. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't done much since then. No, and, and like we've said over and over, not to keep repeating everything, but that's not its not elite, game-changing, pass rusher type of numbers right there. No, correct. You do, I mean, T.J. Watt tied the record, and he only played like 14 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had five tackles in their you know, season <laughs> clinching, like had to win. He shows up. 
Yes, that's 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 my biggest complaint about Miles, and I love like because TJ Miles. makes tackles everywhere on the field. Yeah. He drops back in coverages at times. Like, and I know they're two different like styles of player, but he's a five tool player, <laughs> so to say, in baseball <laughs> terms. And Miles seems to be a one trick pony. I, I couldn't agree more. I just my biggest problem with Miles is he just will disappear for quarters or sometimes games at a time where if you weren't a, an avid Browns fan, you were just somebody casually watching the game, you could watch an entire Browns game and at the end of it not know who Miles Garrett is. You know, and this is just a little bit of a side note, but Blake had sent out, I don't know, was it a text or something to all of us? And you were you just sent us the list of um, a certain player's uh, draft profile. And you said, <laughs> has this player improved in any of these concerned areas that they were writing about back in the draft process and we're like oh boy i wonder what miles draft process says you know what i mean i'd be interested to do that in the off season and go back and look at some of our big guys big players and see what their draft profile says and how they've progressed since then about that list which was super funny as i sent that list and it was so spot on the stuff zach thought i just made it up (laughs) (laughs) you can't just make up what you want and put an nfl letterhead behind it yeah Yeah. Uh, he went on stationary.com man (laughs) how do you think how do you think justin on us yeah how did justin get out of school all those times back in the day uh last thing i want to touch on on the game um case keenum got the start 17 to 24 176 yards two touchdowns one pick um 40 qbr 102 rating 7.3 yards per uh completion i mean honestly if i covered up case keenum i would just think it's, i would have no idea there's a difference between that and baker mayfield obviously he was playing against a lot of cincinnati backups but he was playing with a bunch of browns backups so it was in my eyes pretty even um based on what you saw do you think we should have played case more down the stretch what do you think just to add to what you just said too you you said you know he was playing against backups with backups he is a backup (laughs) you know what i mean so i mean if you want to compare relatively he was playing with his starters yeah you know um but i thought it doesn't really matter who you're playing against the ball was coming out quick that that was my biggest takeaway is the ball came out quick and went to where it was supposed to quick. And it was typically on target. Um, and you saw all we needed was the, th- the threat of a quarterback getting the ball out on time in, mm-hmm. in doing, you know, basically like the bare minimum we need an NFL quarterback to do. And look how much it opened up the run game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like cool. just, just the small threat of completing some simple routine NFL passes. Look how much it opened up the run game. Yeah, that's all did. we need. We're not asking. Yeah, he didn't do anything, you know, sports center highlight reel worthy or, you know, anything crazy. But it, it's those, like you said, the routine NFL passes that just, you got to make them. You got to complete them. You got to know where you're going with the ball, put it on your guy, and, and, and then just keep playing. He was extremely forgettable, yet it was all the Browns need. Yeah, but you didn't remember him for <laughs> sucking or losing or not getting something done in a critical moment. Yeah. Yes. So I, I thought now. Um, hey, hold up. We're not done with case yet. No, <laughs> go <up>. ahead. <laughs> so d- don't get me wrong. I think it brings up a very valid argument for should we have just shut Baker down at the beginning of the season when he got hurt? Maybe the Arizona game. Maybe we should have done that. But like, let's not act like Case Keenum didn't fumble the ball for a touchdown and throw a very costly end zone red zone 
interception. Like I, I, I get what you're saying, brother, but like the same things that we got upset with Baker about, he also did. No, so, I agree. But then on top of that, he threw the ball and got it out on time. Baker, well, yeah, right. Baker fumbles well, and then throws the pick. Him, and then all those other plays, he also holds onto the ball too long. Um, you know, Case Keenum was only sacked one time. I think uh, I think a good thing in this game to kind of take away was I don't think that we really changed much on the offensive side of play calling wise. We made added a we added maybe a few more like trick plays. You could say like the one end around flea flicker. Mm -hmm. Like we opened the playbook up a little bit in that scenario, but pretty much the same play calling is what I've kind of seen other than we ran the ball a lot more <laughs> with our running backs. But I just think that now as you kind of look back, maybe if we went back and we watched a couple games and we were like, man, it'd be nice to know if some of these looks, these quick getting the ball out quick looks were there and Baker was trying to look too much and didn't, hey, just dink and dunk your way down the field and you might go 17 for 24 for a buck 76, but ball comes out on quick to wide open guys, you know, and you just methodically move your way down the field instead of looking like, yeah, then my check down or my tight end over the middle is open, but I'm trying to get the other 10, 15 yards and throwing it into coverage and getting a pick. I, I, there were times this year, especially in that Steelers game, I have no idea what Baker is looking at. Yeah. I mean, there he is looking a lot. I mean, that, that's the one, that one play in the Steelers game. He looks here, the guy's wide open, pumps. Looks here, wide open, the guy pumps. Looks here, <laughs> wide open, pumps, takes a sack. And it's like, what? what is he looking at? I don't know. So um, maybe the brace got in like, his, his way, couldn't see. Uh, well, and that's the thing, too. Like, if the brace was that limiting on his throwing, wouldn't you think those little check down passes would be the easy ones to make? The ones, the ones he'd be more comfortable, like, oh, that guy's over. I'm going to hit him now, and I don't know. And it's a little like, and I'm not by the brace thing. Give me a break. The, the dude's been missing high for his entire career. He's been, whenever Baker's been inaccurate, it's been sailing the ball over people's heads. He's been doing it since he was a rookie. It was in his pre-draft <laughs> issues. Ball tends to sail if he tries to hum it. So we, don't, we can't blame the brace on every single problem that Baker had this year. It's ridiculous. But I digress. Uh would case would we be in the playoffs if case played the last eight games? It's hard to say. I mean, we like the way that the ball came out, but he's still not that good. But he's still not good. So put it this way: you pretty much came out and you said if you wouldn't have, if you didn't know who's quarterback, you'd have thought this is just another Baker Mayfield type of a game. But this was healthy Case Keenum, and again, and injured. So we might win. We might be in the playoffs because we might win one more game that we didn't win with Baker. You take away, you know, some of the turnovers, maybe in that Packers game. We don't turn the ball over as much. Maybe we win that game, and then that one game gets us into the playoffs. But I, I'm not here sitting like, oh, if we'd have played them, we'd have went, you know, 12 and 5 or something <laughs> no. like that. I don't, right, I don't, right. I didn't for, I don't foresee no. that big of a gap. I completely But agree. I think some of those close games, yeah, it you gives can make you an argument chance. that it gives you, you a better shot yeah. if you go back and you look at it. And I get it, you know, Baker, he's your, you know, he's your number one pick. Uh, he's he's got the higher ceiling, but he's definitely got the lower floor. I think than Case Keenum. Baker, that, that's another Baker's floor. Like oh. when he's bad, he's bad. It's like a crater. <laughs> so, I mean, it's when Baker comes out and he has one of his like bad Baker games. It's awful, <laughs> like horrendous. Eight QBR. Yeah, you know, right, that right. kind of thing. Um, I feel like Case is a little bit more of a 
he's never going to get up here, but he's never going to have an eight QBR. It's just going to be, he's going to ride this. Mm-hmm. Um, what I liked about in the two games that Case played, we ran the ball well both times. Just because the ball, the ball gets out, there's that threat like, oh, we can't just sit here with 10 in the box because Case and might not be great, but he can make this 10-yard out throw. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. We'll kind of use that to transition into like the next talking point. Um, not like I said, not a ton to talk about in the Bengals game. It was backups versus backups. Um, leading up to this game, there was kind of a lot of, we'll call it hoopla, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, you know, Mary Kay Cabot came out on cleveland.com reporting that uh, Baker, you know, if he didn't think the play calling was, you know, helping him out any and that he would be willing to ask for a trade if he didn't think it was going to get better. Um, so then there's that, you know, ordeal for about two days or a day. And then Baker comes out on Twitter and it's like, this is clickbait, blah, 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 calling her out like he used to with Cowherd. Um, and then now today, they're coming out and saying, you know, we're moving forward with Baker. We expect him to bounce back, have a good year. Crazy week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Crazy week. I guess let's start with the Mary Kay Cabot report. Um, I know when it first dropped, we, we posted about it in the Patreon and people were freaking out and it was like, who does this guy really think he is? And what, what kind of leverage does he think he has to request a trade? Who's, what are we going to get for him? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's the same thing that we say there's at times where you you don't like it about Baker that he's not afraid to like go right back at you. Like when Colin used to say all that stuff and Baker was going back at him, there was times where we're like, Yeah, screw Colin, you know. But that's for then us there, to but, say, though. but there's <laughs> other times when we were like, Man, I wish you'd just shut up about certain things. And I think there was something, you know, of a rift between and whether Baker felt it or not other people felt it or at least saw it or you know it might have been just a little remark here or there that was picked up on you know by a reporter or by somebody who then told a reporter so i mean that's where they get all their information there and so and they're just they're trying to put out a story that's interesting to get view. i mean that's what they get paid to do and here's i'm not like by no means am i a, a like a huge mary Kay cabot fan Okay, I, like I'm by no, but I also don't. Me either I also don't. She doesn't work for like a tabloid, right? You know yeah. what I mean. I right. don't. She isn't just printing made up things right. and putting it on Cleveland.com. She wouldn't work there. They're not like a, a smut piece, you know, <laughs> right. kind of or you know news source. Um, and then you know, Baker fired back at her saying this was clickbait and all. They're like, bro, just be quiet, like. I think Damian Woody said it on ESPN. You're the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and you're arguing with a reporter on Twitter. Like grow up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. grow up. It, it's so annoying. I, I, I hate it. And, and then, and the thing is, is, uh, Oh, we hear Justin's children. <laughs> I, I thought that was Justin. Yeah. yeah. My kid is just screaming at the top of the stairs. Apparently. Well, well it's because we're talking about the Browns. Yeah. 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 It was a disappointing season. Well, you're, I mean, I can't believe you just let her up there all by herself. I just watching her. Her. I was like, Hey, we're doing the podcast. And she's up there like cleaning the floors. And I'm like, all right. looks like we just, that's that time of the day. Crossway the floors up. No oh, nice. Hey, in the, in the work from home generation, this kind of stuff happens. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, then 
I don't think Mary Kay just put out fake news. Like, I don't think she's just like, today I'm going to make up a story about Baker Mayfield and put it on cleveland.com. Also, then Colin comes out. He's talking about it, and he said he has sources in the Browns. They said the same thing. Again, I don't think he's just going to make things up about Baker Mayfield. You can hate the guy all you want for the stuff he says, but you don't become – you don't get to where he is by being like, you know – a liar, I guess, and not being reputable. Nobody would give you any information if they couldn't trust you with that kind of stuff. Um, so I think there was something to it, like Zach said, whether Baker felt it or not, you know, I mean, he's kind of out of touch as we see when he's arguing with porters on Twitter. Um, but I just, I just thought the whole thing leading up to the game was, it's kind of becoming typical what you get if Baker's your quarterback. There's it, always something. It sucks because there's so many teams and players that we can we could rattle off names right now that that they always get that circus word thrown around like oh the circus just goes where that person is and it's like you don't want that kind of attention that negative attention on your franchise and and the thing is the the rift like you were talking about zach like the indications of that go throughout the season Right. Like there were those little comments here and there in the press conferences and, and, you know, things said, you know, remarks and and just kind of the, the, the way things played out on the field in certain situations. It was like, you can just tell. Well, yeah, don't, don't sit there and get mad at her for saying there's a rift when you called out coaching in in the post game press conference. That, that, that's why you can't be this for a lot douchey uh, (laughs) if you're not that good. You know, you know who gets away with this kind of stuff sometimes is Aaron Rodgers because he's going to go down as like a top five QB all time. You can't do this if your career 500. No, because Aaron Rodgers gets PO'd when you start saying anything about him and then he goes, he calls you out on it and then he goes out and puts up like 303 and says, all right, now what? Like, yeah. I'm going to shut you up two ways. Yeah, to me in this whole situation with like the Baker and the coaching staff and kind of this whole week of what's kind of gone on, it's almost like... The timeline is, okay, story went out there, Baker fires back, and then you get this whole, like, okay, well, did Baker really not like the play calling? And maybe it was the first time this all happened, right? And I can just see, like, Andrew Barry and Stefanski be like, okay, hey, we got to, let's get Baker in here, let's sit down like grown men, and let's have this conversation. Because we got to quiet the noise. And let's get on the same page going forward. This is what, you know, Baker, if they truly believe, hey, you're our guy, I'm sure they told him that. So he works all, they're not going to go into a meeting and be like, Hey, we're going to really want you to work hard this year after this injury and come back. But we don't know if you're going to be the starter. That conversation didn't happen. It happened with, Hey, moving forward, you're our guy right now. That's we're got to get you healthy. We'll see what next year, all that stuff. But did it, why did it have to take maybe this long to get on the same page? If they were still that animosity throughout the season or was it just one of those things that was like it's the elephant in the room but we're not going to bring it up but since the season's almost over and you're not playing this Sunday now we can talk about it so that brings us to you know then they came out and said Baker's the guy we're moving forward with them that's all that to me they have to say that they're not going to come out and say like Zach said they're not going to come out and say hey we're actively seeking to upgrade the quarterback position. If we can't manage to get anybody ba- better, then we'll settle for Baker. You can't do that. That, that can't be your what you say in your press conference. Of course, they're going to come out and say they're rolling with him. That's what they're going to tell you. And then when they go back to their office, they're calling everybody probably. Because say what you want, Stefanski and Andrew Barry are very much um, cool-headed 
they don't get too high. They don't get too low. They're about being smart, making, you know, they don't make emotional decisions. They're very analytical. That's not Baker. I don't think they jive because I guarantee you when he fires back at Mary Kay on Twitter and causes a crap storm two days before our last game of the season, they hated that. There's no way they were like, yes, this is what we were hoping to happen during game week. No way. No. And, you know, going back to the, you know, Justin's letterhead, why wouldn't, you know, if you're, if you're a quarterback and there's, you know, some of that coming at you from the media, go to your team and say, Hey, can we, can we release an official statement on, you know, from the Cleveland Browns organization? Like, you know, maybe even my own words, you can put in the quote or whatever saying like, I'm committed to this team or can we just kind of clear this up? How hard would that be to do? You know what I mean? And you can post that on Twitter from the official Cleveland Browns account. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that way. I think, you know, as much as it is crazy to seem, I think that they are planning on moving forward. I mean, as crazy as it seems to see after this year, I think that they're moving forward with Baker. And I'm not saying that I'm for that because I think that there's definitely better options out there. Um, Well, why do you think they're moving forward with him then? I don't know. I just, I get a feeling that as much as we want to say that he's not Stefanski's guy, he Stefanski goes and gives him the nod a lot. Well, I mean, you, it's because again, they don't do emotional things. They they're not going to cause chaos. So if the doctors clear him, he says he's okay. He's the quarterback. You switch him out for Case Keenum. The season's essentially if Keenum doesn't get it done, you're not again. I said this weeks ago. If you make the switch to Keenum and he doesn't get it done, and Baker's technically healthy enough to play, season's imploded. Now you're talking quarterback controversy from 12 weeks ago for the rest of the season. And plus, you only get so many chances to be a head coach and a GM in the NFL. They're not married to this guy. Why would they, why would they waste another year with the guy? They're not, that's not their guy. If they come out, if they, if they hitch their wagon to Baker and he's bad again, they're on the hot seat for the next year if they make it to the next year. You know what I mean? So they're not, they're not married to that guy. I just I think it's going to be a long off season. It is. I think I think what you're seeing in the in the couple days since the end of the season. I mean, it just ended. The season just ended. I think it's a lot of damage control right now. And like, let's just smooth this stuff out. We got playoffs. People are going to kind of watch that. We need to figure out what we're doing. But I mean, at this point, yes, Baker is the quarterback next year. He's on a fifth year option. We have no other. At this point, the Browns don't have any other options that they can easily select from. So we'll see how the season unfolds, like Zach was alluding to. Um, but I think at this point, being, I mean, like I said, the season just ended. So I think it is damage control. I think it's let's kind of ease our way into this because we all they know it's going to be an interesting off season, um, and we do too. Yeah, I will say this: How nice is it on Black Monday where all these coaches are getting fired and GMs, despite the Browns' roster potentially being in flux, we're there's stability right now. There's no talks of the Browns looking for a coach or a GM or any of this kind of stuff. We're just, we're onto the, our off season program. It's so nice to finally be like a stable organization. We might be a little noisy right now, but compared to some of these other teams, we're stable. Yeah. And just to add to some more optimism, I guess, for the off season, I mean, think about the last two off seasons that Andrew Barry in this front office has had. Dude, I mean, when there's holes in this team, they, they figure out solutions. Offensive line in year one was atrocious. They fixed it big time. Like, they didn't just kind of patch it up. Like, they fixed it. Defense was horrendous last year. 
They didn't patch it up. They fixed it. They they get they got everybody they could to make it better. I completely. So if we say the receiver core is is terrible, watch them fix it. Yep. Go ahead, Justin. What were you gonna say? We literally we were a bottom of the NFL team with our offensive line, and we became pretty much the best. I would say top five. Same with the defense. We were awful last year. You can make the argument that the defense is legitimately top five. They pretty much gave up 20 points a game the last, I think, eight games. And if you take the Patriots game out, I heard it's only like 15 or 16 a game. Th- They're getting it. I think I saw in like it. nine or 10 games, we give up 17 or less. Yeah. And we were only three and six in those games. Put <laughs> <laughs> a bullet to my head, my brain. Jeez. Um, but, Don't do that. Uh, but no, I just wanted to touch on that too before we transitioned is – it's so nice to be stable right now. The, the the roster needs a little bit of help in some certain areas, and you know Baker's a little bit noisy. But all things considered, we're on to the offseason program. I trust our coach. I trust our front office. Um, it's just kind of nice. It's a good point. It is like it is a good feeling to go into the offseason, even though there are these issues that we're looking at. I still feel like a piece about it because I'm like these guys got it. Yes. Like I actually have that confidence in our front office a hundred percent so we have a voicemail to get to from the uh jake who left us the open uh the intro today young jake young jacob reminds me of myself when i was that age uh but before we get to that uh our awesome partners over at symbol have a brand new offer for you and it's their biggest one yet they're calling it their symbol 13 playoff challenge and they're challenging you to pick every game of the nfl playoffs whoever gets every game right is going to get one free share of every team on the site which is valued at over seven thousand dollars Every team, not every NFL team, literally every team that is on that what site, you're going to get a share of. That's $7,000 for picking all 13 playoff game winners correct. Even better, for every winner you pick correctly, you'll still get to spin the reward wheel to get a fractional share of some of your favorite teams. Go to symbol.app. Dogs.symbol.app. Okay, I can't can't remember the new URL. Dogs.symbol.app. Don't forget to still use the promo code DOGS to get your 10 free dollars and your um, deposit is refundable. Uh, Make sure you you start your playoff grind today. $7,000, guys, if you pick all that right. It's a pretty awesome deal. Yep. And uh, guys, the NFL playoffs are here finally. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Like I keep telling you guys, go download DraftKings Daily Fantasy app. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes. I won a little bit of money this weekend with uh, Dearness Johnson in my lineup, which was this was an interesting weekend to make lineups with you know some teams sitting guys not playing everybody. So yeah, it was it was fun. It was interesting. But wildcard weekend is going to be a hoot. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner 
of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now we shall hear from Jake. From State Yo, what's up, Dogs Podcast? Uh, this is Browns by Jacob checking in. My name's Browns by Jacob online, but my name is Jacob, uh, Jacob Stewart. Uh, I live in Illinois. Been a Browns fan since I was nine. My dad was, my dad's a big 49ers fan. He almost had me hooked, uh, but I didn't feel a connection. And I watched the movie Draft Day and everything changed. And I fell in love with this sad organization. But I have some questions. Um, the first question is when it comes down to free agency and if there's a quarterback like Carr or Wilson available, do we take them and how much do we pay them and what will we do with Baker? I also heard someone say bring, bring up Marcus Mariota that that would be a good option, which I completely disagree. Next season is going to be better than this one. Every team struggles at some point. That's what makes a winner. Go dogs. Man, I remember when I was that young and had that much exuberance and that much love for life. Um, that sweet of a nickname. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the voicemail, Jake. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the yep. show, man. Um, first of all, the first thing I want to touch on, draft day. If you haven't seen it, Browns fans, Sonny Weaver Jr., Monte Mack, no matter what, go eat your yep. pancakes. It's a yep. great movie. Yeah, I watch it, it every year around draft time. It's one of my favorite sports movies out there. Uh, so go check that out. That's a plug for draft day if you haven't watched it. Um, second, when he's talking about um, quarterbacks, you know, possible quarterbacks and uh, free agents, I don't think Carr and Wilson, they're not going to be free agents. There's a lot of talk about Carr potentially being available via trade, but they just made the playoffs. <laughs> so, are, yeah, I, I mean, so, are they going to let him go? I, I really don't. I think if for Carr to be let go, it's going to take – pressure from Carr internally he's gonna have to go to them and be like listen i've given you nine years you've given me six different head coaches let me go somewhere please where i can i can go play for a championship i don't see that happening not at all not when he i don't either okay i <clears throat> there's one scenario i could see that happening if they hire in a coach and he has no say and it's somebody like he does not want but he just seems like like such a nice guy that I, that's he's, not he has said Earlier this year, I think even before the season started, he's like, I want to be a Raider for life. I love being a Raider. And you're right. Like, Derek Carr is not one to go make noise. I you know punch what I mean? him in the face and break my hand. He'd apologize for hurting my hand. Yeah. And pay for your <laughs> and surgery. Then go beat you. Yeah. Pay go. for my surgery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is a class quarter, guy. Though. I'm not saying he's not a class, class guy, class, but class. I mean, I. He's to that point, though, Derek. Are you happy just going 10 and 7, maybe a chance to make the playoffs, and you're not going to be a Hall of Famer doing uh, that? That's the thing. Matthew Stafford was a nice guy all that's in true. Detroit, loved him, and eventually he was like, hey, guys. I got to win. <laughs> I, at some point, I need to go somewhere. Like We're, we're uh, once again not even close. And I know the Raiders are in the playoffs, but, man, do we think they're close? No, not with that <laughs> roster, with that team. No. Yeah, they're close like the Steelers are close. Yes, you and know. it's just – Even I, though, hey – I'm rooting for the Raiders this week. They take on Cincinnati, and nothing. Oh, oh yeah. Then seeing Cincy yeah. make the playoffs, just and to get then, beat by the Raiders. Yes. So it's just <laughs> uh, outside the big three of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Derek Carr is number one on my wish list. I wanted us to draft him back in the day, and I still think he's extremely underrated. I think the fact that Derek Carr is probably still a top. 
10 to 12 quarterback in the league when he's played for complete dysfunction his entire career is a testament to how good he is. A lot of quarterbacks on that, they wouldn't even still be there. In, a, right. in a, an organization that has not been able to figure anything out, he has still been, he's been on that team and been productive his entire career. Um, imagine you put that guy with some talent in a stable organization, what he would do. I'm a big Derek Carr fan. It'd be, I mean, he's got a couple career. He's got some choices to make, you know, going into this because he's on the tail. I, I think he's more on the tail and he's probably got five, you know, and tail end, I'm saying five, to six years, something like that. But that's pretty much what he's got left of is like playing his best football mm-hmm. before it's, you know, he gets to that older stage <sighs> in his uh, life and career. At the, in the NFL, but so he's got a choice to make. Is he going to want to be known as a guy that gave himself a chance and and to go win a Super Bowl? Because I don't think that's going to happen in Vegas. I just don't see it. They haven't been that team. They've been that team a long time ago, but nothing near that since. So he's going to have to make a decision on: Do I want to be that guy, or am I going to leave my career and be like, what if I would have went somewhere else and never tried? I agree. Um, some things I've, I've heard tossed around the rumor mill now too, um, which Jake didn't bring up this name, but with Zimmerman and their GM being out, mm-hmm. I've heard Kirk cousins name tossed around is like, um, whoever the new coach GM is, isn't going to be married to him. I think he's entering the last year of his deal. It could be a swap like Baker for Kirk cousins. I think he, I think I read something too on Kirk Cousins. I think he's got one more year because his cap hit is like 46 million. It's big. I remember because Browns, like Browns, somebody covered it and Browns fans were kind of like, I don't think that we bring Kirk Cousins in for 46 million. My my thing with Cousins is if, if, like I said, his stats are almost identical to Aaron Rodgers. I know his, he, he is. He's an under the radar, really great quarterback. But I he just, is a really great quarterback that has though really great weapons. He, yeah. He's got a great a great running back, two Too great rich. receivers, yeah. a pretty yeah. good tight end, um, and for all the reasons why, like I'm not in on Baker. It's Kirk Cousins almost never wins the game like you need him to win the big game. I mean, I think he's got like one of the worst records ever for like Monday night yeah. or primetime yeah. football games. And, and, and he's one of those things where he just doesn't, you know, I, I talked about it earlier this year when they played Dallas and Dallas played with um, the backup quarterback. I Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. And Cooper Rush threw like two picks, but he also threw for like 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. He outplayed Kirk Cousins in that game. But if you looked at Kirk Cousins stats after that game, you're like, oh, Kirk played well, but he just didn't do anything to get them to win. Yeah, he, he completed like 65%. He threw for like 200 and two touchdowns. He didn't turn it over. And you look at a statue like, well, it wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault. But he didn't do anything to help. I think that you know, he, and, and So I don't know. I As much as I think Kirk Cousins gets a lot of hate, I also I don't know if I want him on the Browns. Not for that money. I don't think so. Not for that money. And I just – I agree that – I just don't think he takes you to that next level where you're like, ah, oh, we've, you know, we've bumped up so much and it means that you're going to have to diminish somewhere else because of the money you have to spend. Yes. Kirk Cousins, I think is really great because some of the people around him take away Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. He's probably Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> Possibly, but the, yeah. Although I say that, but then again, for two or three he years was good in, in Washington, Washington, he didn't have anybody. He slung yeah. it around. He didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I do think Kirk Cousins is a step up from Baker. 
But is let he, throw, is he a $40 million dollar step up from Baker? That yeah, I don't right. know. What do you got, Justin? I uh, I read something a little crazy today, too, with uh, Deshaun Watson. Really? And that basically Brian Flores getting fired in Miami has just froze that whole thing up and that Deshaun Watson kind of could be available for another team that wanted to jump in there. And I was hearing a little two first, maybe a second, and Baker kind of action for Deshaun Watson. And I was like – if it's next year's first, we're probably going to be pretty good with Deshaun Watson. I'd probably do it. It'd probably be like the 28th pick in the draft. So that that's the thing, too, is so the second part of Zach's was our uh, Jake's um, question was, you know, what would you give up for some of these guys, I guess? So mm. like he said for Deshaun, do you give up, what'd you say, two first rounders in Baker? I, I was talking to a guy today, and he said that he just had heard that it, they were kind of floating around two first, a second, and Baker. And I was like, I would do that. <laughs> I pull the trigger on. I, that. I think do that, do that right now. I think that they'd want. I think they'll want more. I think uh, they would take three first. Yeah, I think that they're gonna want more for Watson. The Watson thing. I mean, you can look at it and be like, he's going to get some. I think it's in. We're gonna find out here, and I think February. I think is when like his trial and stuff. So we're gonna have the, the NFL is going to have to make decisions going forward now are they going to credit anything is like time served so to say that he missed this whole season and that'll take account into his suspension and it'll be like okay now we're going to give you like an official eight games or something like that going into next season um but i think a lot of teams in that are waiting for the court stuff here to happen and then now i think once you see that happen regardless of the situation, as long as he's not like going to prison yeah. or something, you know, or anything like that, you're going to see five, six, seven teams at the table that are saying we all want him. I, yep. I, um, I would take him in a heartbeat. If you know, he's going to get to play, I'd give up two first and a second and Baker. I'd give up three first and Baker for him. I mean, he, he had, he was up what? 22, 24, nothing on the chiefs. I mean, yeah. he, he, he was playing with nobodies too. He had Hopkins and then they got rid of him and he played even better without him. Yeah. They just kept slowly like dismantling the team around him and, and he, he just kept had, winning games. He kept playing at a high level. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, you take, you put the Sean Watson in this offense. It's, it's so much more dynamic. Just the fact that he he's mobile. Um, he's extremely accurate. He's, explosive. he's a top five, top five quarterback in the NFL. Any year he's able to play a hundred percent. So, uh, obviously, if they're like, I want your next decade's worth of first picks, okay, then probably not. If they say, I probably not, Blake thought it, baby. <laughs> Let me get back to you. Let me make a few calls, see if I can pick anybody else's first but round picks up. I also think draft capital can be completely overrated. The draft is so hit or miss. It's a crapshoot. Doesn't matter where your picks are, half of them don't hit. Whether you're picking in the first round, you're picking in the fifth round, half your picks don't hit. If you're the Browns, 90% of them don't hit. Um, so look at the Rams. The Rams yep. will have first picks forever. They're going to be Super Bowl contenders this year, next year, year because they got the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So and it, it, all it takes is getting a few of those later round picks correct, like a Donovan Peoples Jones, who can be a solid like three receiver on your team. Yeah. That's great in the sixth round, you know? So I, I would do that. Um, Russell Wilson, John texted me last night and asked me if I'd trade. Like a first rounder, Miles Garrett and Baker for Russell Wilson. I said no, <laughs> no, no. I, you can't that. trade as much as I might not think Miles has been elite. He's still not tradable. 
he, that, he's still he's still extremely above average. Yeah, and not that you know, we lost Justin again. But I, think I think I saw his wife walk in. He'll come back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that, uh, you know, with the whole Russell Wilson part of it, and it's just a lot of these guys. I mean, Russell Wilson is making, you know, 35 plus a year. Yeah. So, like, at some point, the money is going to become a factor. Yeah, but the salary cap's going to go up a ton. I the hope sal- so. The salary cap's going to go up a ton. And, again, you you which don't have sucked, to. Which is, like, a good thing for us, but it also sucks because, like, the rich is just going to get richer <laughs> but players you, they can go get. If you think about this, the Browns are still – I read that the Browns are still sitting really good as far as salary cap space is concerned. Two, if you had to pay Russell a bunch of money to come play here, well, our line is pretty much – intact jed wills is still on a rookie deal conklin uh betonio and teller they're already signed up so the only person you know questionable is jc treader uh defensively all of our good guys over there they're already locked up so if you have to pay russell a bunch of money well then just draft a wide your wide receivers are going to be rookies well he'll be all right with some rookie wide receivers yeah i think that if you i think if you if you go out and you're getting and you're going to spend the money on one of those big name guys, <clears throat> Jarvis is gone because you can't afford to pay that. That's where you're getting your money from mm-hmm. is a guy like that. Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum, gone. Nick Mullins comes back. We'll pay him 900000 but we ain't paying Case Keenum $10 million to yeah. be the backup. So, I mean, there is moves to be made. Austin Hooper could be gone. That yeah, there, I mean, our, our you know, for our fans out there, you know, listening in, the off season is going to be eventful Interesting. there's going to be a lot of names that you've been used to seeing that you were excited about getting that are going to be on their way out. Yep. Uh, well, Justin just texted me and said that his wife's got to use the computer now. <laughs> she's got to do her orientation for school. So that was all we had of Justin. We had him for most of the time. Uh, it was good to have you, Justin. Um, but at least we got him for part of the time. Plus, That's we're getting right. he was here for most of the time. We're getting ready to wrap this thing up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, once again, Jake, thanks for the voicemail. Keep sending them in. Send us more intros. Uh, if you guys, it's about to be a long off season. Yeah, questions. Get send your them questions. In. Send them in. Voicemails. We'll play them. I think we had a couple episodes last year. We had so many voicemails where the episode was just going through your guys' voicemails. Um, the more you guys interact with us now, the better episodes we can put out in the off season just because content is limited. Uh, if there's anything else you want us to talk about, Cavs are fun this year. Um, let us know. We can take this any which way you guys want. Uh, Browns wrapped up, again, a disappointing season, but still excited for the future. Um, thanks for being with us all uh, all uh, season, even though it didn't go the way we wanted. We appreciate you being here with us, and uh, we will see you guys all next week. We'll find some more stuff to talk about. We'll talk some playoffs. Hopefully the Bengals lost. Hopefully the Steelers lost. So we'll get into all that. And for all you After Hours members, we'll see you guys, or uh, Dog Pack members, we'll see you guys on the After Hours show. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com. Dogs.